Would you please join me in prayer? Father, we thank you so much for the incredible opportunities that you do give us to be able to show people who you are. Um, sometimes it can be missed maybe that the practical nature of the way that looks is sometimes the most powerful way of showing people who you are. Um, so thank you that you invite us into the work that you do and that through us we can show the world that you are here, you exist, you love us, you care for every person and every need that they have in their lives. Lord, thank you for today's message. Um, may we leave here changed people. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, my name is Bill. For those of you who are visitors here, uh, we're continuing the last message. Today is the last message in our series on maturity, on growing up. This is actually seven weeks we've come to this point. Uh, this week, uh, we're talking about the final point, and it's spiritual maturity. And we're going to talk as we go through the spiritual maturity really is the thing that allows any kind of maturity. Each week, we've talked about relational maturity. We've talked about emotional maturity, knowing our job, all those things. But all of that will depend really on the power of Christ to be able to change. So here's our main verse for spiritual maturity. It's again, and, and this is geared specifically today for Christians and for those who know Christ, because that's when Jesus puts this out, this is or when Paul puts it out, he says, since you've heard about Jesus, since you and I have heard about Jesus and we've learned the truth that comes from him, we get to throw off our old sinful nature, the way we used to live, our former way of life, which was corrupted with lust and deception. But now we get to allow the Spirit of God to renew our mind, to see things differently, to think differently, to understand what's really the priorities inside of our life. So we get to we renew our mind our thoughts and our attitudes, and, and we've put on a new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. This is focused primarily uh, at Christians, but it's an offer. Everything that Christ does is an invitation. Christianity is about, it's not an exclusive club. It's an open club, an invitation to everyone. So this will apply to everyone. At, whoa, there you go. The uh, adult, the definition for adult is to behave like an adult, to attend to the ordinary task required of a responsible person, responsible adult. Mature, having completed the natural growth process to the desired state. I used the word last night, which is in, and it showed everyone how really totally cool I am. Uh, one of the new N-words is adulting. Adulting is acting like an adult. It is normally used with people saying, I don't feel like adulting today. And they go out and don't act like an adult. So you can sign up for that. If you want to use that word, that's way cool. Uh, tell your kids, I don't feel like adulting today. You're on your own. And let it go that way. But today is, is, is about maturity and, and about growing into that, following Christ and his example. I love the way we end up. Put on a new nature, created to be like God. The creation process is not to make us oh-hum, but it's to make us the best we can be, to make us like Christ inside of our lives. Throw off our immature. And I want to start with kind of a, a confession. Uh, as I get older, some of the things that, that I've, I've come to realize, uh, when I see immaturity in my life, uh, things like unwanted anger or or I, I get into this, I feel beat down into a, uh, 
a point of depression or anxiety. I'm all concerned about something. You know, I, I look at those things, and I'm just plain embarrassed. You know, I, I used to take them just, well, there's life there. But now I understand that, that, that I'm almost embarrassed when that happens, when I see some, something immature, the damage in a relationship that I may have caused. I struggle to make those things right as soon as I can. When I see pride and selfishness in some area of my life, I've had the opportunity to be involved somewhere, and, and I see pride. I see some. I don't get involved in that. Uh, I want to take off the old man. It has really been my goal uh, for the 40 years, a little over 40 years I've been a Christian. I want to be mature, and I, I want to live like Christ in this world. And I hope, and I'm going to make the assumption that that's the goal of everyone. We, we certainly don't, as we advance in age, want to continue to act immature. We, we don't want to, those, those things that embarrass us as, we, as they come out of us on a day-to-day basis. And each, each part of the series, we just looked at a different area. But as we started this series, I, I used some statistics, which I, actually I've used for over 20 years, because a survey was done over 20 years ago, a worldwide survey that talked about maturity. And it evaluated what it takes to be a mature person. And it put up five characteristics. We call it our maturity checklist. We've, we've talked about it each week. And actually, each week, we've gone through one of the markers of being a mature person. But this worldwide survey went throughout the world. It actually divided into two parts. There was the developed world, Western culture. And there was the undeveloped world that was there. In the undeveloped world, in traditional cultures, average age to maturity was 14 and a half. And again, everyone hears these statistics. In the United States, back then, it was 28 and a half. Recent surveys have shown that average age to maturity in the United States is 33. Again, we're not raising adults. We're raising older, older kids that go out. And we see that in our news. We see it in our culture. We see it uh, taking place. We see emotional immaturity, road rage, outburst of anger. Again, if you just watch TV, you'll see a representation of how uh, emotional swings take place, all of these things taking place. If you look at our political system, you're not going to see maturity. You're going to see immaturity, arguing, fighting, uh, pride, all of those things. The evidence is clear of immaturity all the way around us. Uh, Last week as we went through it, we were talking about some statistics when we're talking about relationships and emotional maturity, when 40% of the people in our country continuously feel lonely, when, when four out of 10 also say that they don't have one close friend or anyone that really understands them, this is a sign of just relational breakdown. We look around and, and we see relationships coming apart. But again, the maturity checklist has been our goal or our pattern for this particular series. Now, in this maturity checklist, I've encouraged you to pick them up. We've got them in the back. Now, that worldwide survey, what they did is they said a mature person is responsible for their actions, attitudes, and responsibilities. A mature person is responsible for themselves. They don't have to have someone telling them what to do. They don't have to have someone looking over their shoulders. When there's a task to be done, they go do their responsibilities. 
The next, the next symptom of being a mature adult is to know that we will reap what we sow, kind of an agricultural term. In other words, what we put into our life eventually is going to come back to roost. The verse that we use said that God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If we sow immaturity, we're going to get immaturity back. If we overspend, we're going to be in debt and in bondage. If we insult and tear up people in our relationships and don't invest with them, we're going to lose our relationships. We will get back what we put into our life. The next thing, let's understand what our role is in our life. And I've encouraged everyone to be able to keep in your mind and even write out on a three-by-five card, what's your mission statement? Why did you get up today? What am I supposed to do on a day-to-day -day basis? What's your mission statement? Can you, can you put it into a, a concise uh, statement that's there? Uh, again, it may be something as simple as mine is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm first and foremost called to follow Christ, to be a husband to my wife and, and, a, and a parent to my kids. I'm called at this point in my life to, to be involved and lead at Crossroads Community Church to tell people about Christ. That's my mission statement. That's why I get up. That's why I exist. That's my role. Next is to have emotional maturity, not to have the ups and downs. We talked about a verse that if you don't have emotional control, we're like a city without walls or, or a house, in your case, with all the windows open, the doors open. Anyone can come in and do whatever they want. Uh, if we don't have emotional control, our emotions sweep us like waves. And relational maturity last week, to be able to say we can relate. And the key to that is so much of forgiveness of the other person recognizing that we're together in this struggle. So much, all of those are the, the tasks that we've already talked about. This week, we're going to look about having spiritual maturity. And again, I want to point out, spiritual maturity is the foundations for the others. Without Christ, without spiritual maturity, we'll never overcome the other ones. Spiritual maturity, a biblical relationship with God. Not one that we gin up, not one we think up, but one that Christ actually describes. Be able to give an account for our faith, kind of covert words for being able to say, to explain to someone else why we believe what we believe. Parents, critical for you. To be able to explain to your children, the next generation, why you have evidence and objectively believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he was, that there is a God that we are special creations. Can we defend that? Can we give an account for our faith? Knowing what our spiritual gifts are and using them, God made us all special and unique to serve him. Do we know what that is? Attitude of a learner. One of the things about Christians, and, and one of the things that I think is most exciting for me, is that I'm, I'm just rolling down the road in the learning process. So I just had a, or a class on Revelation, and we're talking about end times, and there was a whole new concept came to me when I was getting ready for that class. And I'm going, oh, I'm learning. So as a Christian, we continue to learn by, by daily opening the Bible, study time with God, groups, growing in Bible, biblical knowledge, connected relationally so the church, so we can, we can have other people walking with us. And finally, spiritual maturity is having moral character. That sounds pretty simple. Everything that I've talked about on the maturity checklist, including these, well, who doesn't want that? So why don't we all have it? It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. You know, I love it when I had kids, and oh, I still got kids, but they ran away from home. <laughs> the, but when they were kids, I said, grow up. Well, it isn't as simple as that. 
It takes time, process, it takes commitment, it takes understanding. And that's really what we're talking about today is this, is this growing up. Part of that video, it said, growing up doesn't seem hard until you try and do it. Love that part. Uh, adulting is hard. We're going to talk about why spiritual and personal growth is so hard. Why maturity takes time. It takes personal honesty. It takes having an accurate self-image. One of the things, the false teachings of our culture is we, we should always have a high self-image. No. We should have an accurate self-image. We should accurately see ourselves compared to who God wants us to be and who God has called us to be. We should have an accurate one. Uh, we should strive to stop bad habits and behaviors. That's hard. We should strive to put on new habits to replace them. That's hard. Growing up is hard. Adulting is a challenge because we're born immature. I know this doesn't come as a surprise to anybody. Babies are cute. They're little miracles if you watch them as they go along. They are wonderful things to have around, even with those little inconveniences that show up in their diapers. <laughs> they're wonderful, but they're, but they're kids. And the truth is, they're sinners, they come from the factory centers. They always have. They're all about selfishness and pride. We're told that a youngster's heart is full of foolishness. And it actually requires discipline to remove it far from them. The human heart is, is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. You know, uh, one of the big teachings today is that kids are really are really good kids. I mean, you just got to don't ever discipline them. Just let them do whatever they want. Uh, they're naturally good. If kids are given the freedom, they'll eat junk food. They won't choose to do their chores. They'll be disrespectful to authorities and their parents. They'll be totally consumed by self-interest and prideful desires to control everyone around them. The Bible's right. Kids are cute, but they're sinners. Sinners through and through, and, it's, and it is the job of the parents to transform them to bring them into a point of maturity. It's not going to happen accidentally. There has to be an ongoing, consistent plan of discipline, correction, and instructions. The, again, as people often talk about child abuse and all the things that happen in our country, the biggest child abuse in our country for the last 40 years has been when parents do not raise their children under discipline and control. We pump them out at 18, you're gone, good for you, without any maturity inside their lives that we've talked about. So it's the parent's role to train, to discipline their children, to make them mature. And it goes, it goes both ways. Kids should understand only a fool despises his parents' discipline. If you learn to take your parents' correction and understand what they're teaching you, man, you're wise. Those who spare the rod of discipline or correction hate their children. We're setting them up for destruction as they go out inside of the world. Direct your kids on the path that's right. Show them what's right. And then when they're older, they'll walk on it. They'll follow it. They'll do what is right. They'll be mature adults. They'll be responsible for themselves. They'll control their emotions. They can build relationships. They'll know why they're here on earth. That's a parent's role to be able to do that. It takes a plan. It takes a plan to raise kids. That's why we put out the maturity checklist. There's a plan that talks about when you give them responsibilities and privileges. There has to be a plan for discipline. You know, I ask parents all the time, 
Uh, what's the challenge of, of raising kids? They got the basics. They know what they're supposed to do. You know what the number one thing they always come back with? Consistency. All parents are constantly reinventing. It sounds like our government, doesn't it? Reinventing a plan to solve all the problems and they never follow through. And so the same thing in parenting. It's consistency. And again, remember inside of us and inside of our kids, maturing is painful. When we apply discipline to our kids or God applies discipline to us because he does, it will be painful. It will not be joyful. When, I th- when parents come in and says, well, he had a five-minute timeout and he didn't respond, and so we gave up. No, you just didn't hurt him enough. Make it 10 minutes. Tie him to his bed. No, I'm just kidding. Don't take that anywhere. Uh, but discipline, whatever you find, it, it needs to get a response to control them, to change them. But again, afterwards, if the, it'll, it'll, it'll yield a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained. You know, and, and this other thing is something that we don't like to admit, but we really learn in pain. When we step across a boundary in a relationship and we see the pain it causes to them and to us, we change. When we overspend, overindulge, over whatever it may be, we see the consequences and it's painful. As human beings, I would like to think we're intelligent enough to look at the truth and then do it. Well, we know better. It often takes pain to change us and transform us. You know, and the truth is our culture and our country is currently immature. They've rejected God and his truth. Uh, honestly, as I meet with people, uh, they're, they're really confused often about what real maturity is because the way of the world will describe maturity totally different. There's empty philosophies, vain teachings, that come from human thinking out there in the world about what maturity is. We're told not to copy that. This is a huge deal. Modern philosophers in psychology tell us that we're, we're born naturally good. Just leave kids alone. You know, it, it takes just a moment to see the foolishness of that plan. I don't know. I know I have seen it. And it always shocks me to be in a room or in a group of people, adults standing, talking, and all of a sudden a young agent, a young kid comes in and totally dominates the conversation, interrupts, pushes people out of the way, gets what they want, and, and starts ruling and reigning inside of the adults that are there. Most, too many homes, let me say most, most, uh, but let me just say too many to be kind, homes are child-centered. The children set the emotional tempo and the mood that's inside of a home. They decide the schedule. And again, parents have even gotten to the point of, what do you want for breakfast? Oh, how about giving me something sugary? Uh, Really? Child-centered homes are destructive. That's the world's philosophy. Each week we've looked at the world's plan for maturity and God's plan for maturity. We put this list together. This is God's plan on the left. He tells us we're responsible for our behavior. The world will tell us that we're victims. We're not responsible for our, you know, behavior. You know, my dighties are on too tight. I'm not responsible for that. I'll leave that one out next time. Uh, God says that our choices prepare us for the future. Secular worldview says you're entitled to anything and everything. You will be taken care of. You don't have to worry about that. The purposes of life is to serve God and others. The world will tell you the purpose of life is to seek self-actualization. It's all about us. 
The world says that, or God says we're responsible for our emotions and attitudes. The world says, no, our emotions and attitudes are caused by others. They're just a natural response. Don't worry about them. As a matter of fact, let them out. Uh, relationships, opportunity to serve others in the world. It's an opportunity for them to serve us. And the last one, spiritual maturity today. Really challenging, 2019. Because the truth is, God defines himself, what is true, and the way to heaven. In 2019, the secular culture says, I define my personal God. I define the God that I want to follow, my personal Jesus. I, I define what he's like. I, de I decide what's true because I've got personal truth that trumps anything else. Because if I feel it's true, it's true. And I get to define my way to heaven. How many people and I, did you hear, and I, I hear this all the time, well, God would never send anyone to hell because he's a God of love. No, he won't send anyone, but you can choose that ticket. You can choose that as you go. Uh, anyway, maturing, there's a totally difference, and we get to choose as we go forward which path we're going to follow. Okay, now, why, why is it important? Why is spiritual maturity important to us? Uh, no one wants to be immature. One of the biggest things with a kid, you, if you explain maturity to them and you see them doing something mature and you say, that's mature behavior, they'll pump up. They love that. I get, once in a while I get to talk to kids in, 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 in that dynamic environment and they act good. And as soon as I see them acting good, I stop and I say, now that's mature behavior. And you can see them looking down on their siblings probably at the same. But, but they, wanna, they want to be mature, so, so point that out to them. You know, we want to grow up. This is really just kind of a, a pep talk because no one wants to be immature. No one wants to be 40, 50, 70 plus years old still acting like a little kid. Emotions controlling them. Uh, we don't want to look back at our relationships that we've destroyed because of our immaturity. No parent, no parent wants to raise their children, send them out into the world, and see them go into a self-destructive pattern that destroys them and the relationships that they're in and your grandkids. No one wants to see that. We want maturity. There, there's, a, there's a way to go forward. As, as, as you go forward, if, even if they gain everything in the world and they lose their souls... They, they're rich, they're famous, they're this, they're that. They got so many likes or whatever you get on Facebook, thumbs up, thumbs down, or whatever the hand sign is, uh, th that they're successful as they go through it. No, that's not success. You can gain the whole world, but if you lose your soul, that's what's important. You know, this true life that's inside of us. And at the end, we certainly don't want the worst outcome that a person can have in our life or in our kids life we don't want them to stand before god and say uh lord lord and and call him lord and but jesus say depart from me i never knew you they followed their path to god they followed their truth they followed ever their way and god said i never knew you because it's a personal relationship with the living God. It's not works. It's not miracles. It's not any of this. It's loving God with all of our heart and our soul and, and allowing him in. We, we don't want to hear this.
You know, as we, as we go from here, I'm going to kind of shift over to myself for just a, a minute. And I think one of the greatest proofs for me about who God is and what he's doing and how I can believe in him is not all the academic evidence that I gather. And I keep continue to study looking at scientific proof for God, all the, all the proofs for God that are just all around us. I continue to study those uh, for objective, clear evidence. But when it comes to, to being like Jesus, to being transformed, to being like an adult and being mature, the greatest proof I have, and I believe anyone can have, about the existence of God, the truth of the Scripture, and the mission of Jesus Christ. You ready? It's our changed life. It's the work that God has done in us. It's the new birth. It's the transformed life that gives me certainty of the existence of God. I was transformed. 40 years ago, over 40 years ago, uh, man, I'm getting old. I came to know Christ, and, and things changed. I became a new creation. Habits, addictions, uh, to drugs, alcohol, nicotine, uh, stupid thoughts, all of those were in me. They were part of my life. And, and God took them away. I tried before. But as I lived my life out, they, they, they went away. The foul language, the, the desire to serve other people rather than being served. I, I became a new creature. You know, I used to see Christ as from a human point of view. But now I know who he really is because he changed me. That's my story. And I look at it and, and it's ongoing. It's, it's, I would like to say it's, well, daily I see this great leap of growth in me. No. But I see nuances. I see changes. I see a situation I look back on and go, I never would have been that way before. And I know God's still at work in me. And you see, that's my story. And often, and, and you should have your story. Because when I talk to people, you know, I don't pull out the Bible and start thumping it right away. I get to that. No. I tell them my story. This is who I was, and this is what God's done. If they can't argue with it, they really can't. Over the, the decades, my, my mother watched my life. My wife looked at my life. My brother, my friends, my, my co-workers, uh, the other Marines I served with, they looked at my life, and there was something different. You see, that's my story. That's yours. The proof of God is, is, is all around us, but the proof of God that other people want to see is a changed life because everyone wants a changed life. That's what God offers, his love, his truth, and everything else. There should be real and tangible changes in all of our lives, radical inside of our lives. You know, so many things over the years, and this is just my story, but it's everyone, what was important to me before suddenly wasn't as important. The promotions, the money, the success, the medals that you get to wear, uh, the fancy shiny shoes that you get to put on, all those things, it didn't matter. Uh, this, this verse talks about these used to be valuable to me now, but now I, I wouldn't say worthless, but there's, they, I don't count them on a scale. It's compared 
to the value of knowing Christ Jesus, knowing him, not knowing about him, but actually knowing him. We discard everything else. You see, this is maturity. This is spiritual growth. All the things that we thought were important, we set aside. You know, we, our goals, our lives, everything changes. My basic nature changed. I did become that new person. And for those of you who know Christ, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It changed. Maybe you can't put a date or a time, but you look back through what God's done. We've changed. And that my desire to change never stops. We're in an ongoing growth process. And, and I love the Apostle Paul, the way he lays this out. He says, I don't mean that I've achieved it or already became perfection. You know, I've not reached perfection. I know that surprises you about me. Some of you haven't reached perfection. My wife's not here, so uh, I can talk pretty boldly. Uh, but no, dear brothers, I've not achieved it yet. We haven't become perfect, but I focus on one thing, and so should you. Forgetting what lies behind. Forget the mistakes. Forget the junk. Forget what lies behind. Focus ahead to Christ. Look at what's ahead of us. Press on for the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Press on toward growth, toward maturity. It's my desire. It should be your desire. That's what it's about. You know, we, and, and as we grow, there's another big reason for spiritual growth where we should seek it. Our personal maturity shows God to others. They should see the changes that are manifested inside of our lives. It says, let your good works shine. Let them shine so that other people can see them. Jesus gave his disciples a way that the world will know us. He says, uh, love one another. That will prove to the world that you're my disciples. That's fun. Let our light shine. Oh, man, there you go. Uh, love one another easy. Now, look at this last one. Man, this is a challenge for me. Because I look around and I'm given to grumbling and arguing and complaining and all that other stuff. Look at this country. Just look away from that. Look at what Christ is doing. Live life the best we can. Live Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining as bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. This was written 2,000 years ago, and it certainly describes our life, our day-to-day. We live in a dark world, guys. And if followers of Christ were the light, we bring that into the world. Uh, That's why we're called. That is our hope as we go forward. And the truth is, as other people look at us, you may be the only sermon they ever see. You may be the only sermon. The only message is God as they look at your life and see how you act, interact, and react in the different situations that come at you. This this quote at the end is a guy named uh, St. Francis of Assisi. You know, I'd have changed that name right away. I'm not, I wouldn't be connected with a sissy, but we're, we're going on. Uh, he, was, he was a righteous dude that loved God. And he made a statement about our testimony in our life. He said, preach the gospel. Preach about Jesus at all times. Oh, 
and if necessary, use words. When you walk into the room, you're preaching. When you interact with people, you're preaching. When you drive your car down China Lake Boulevard and cut me off, you're preaching. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I have your license numbers. The... Uh, Our life is a, is a message. Use words if necessary. Francis, I could go on about his life. It's just study it if you ever want a, a fascinating life of someone who's committed to Jesus Christ and went to preach to the world. Uh, in, in, in the 1200s during the Crusades, he went over with the, the Christians and he crossed the lines and, and walked into the Muslim camp it, it, with the attempt of being captured by them so he could witness to Christ to Muslims. Sure death sentence. He spent uh, weeks with, with the leader uh, of the armies that were there, the Muslim armies, and they built a relationship. They, 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 they went back and forth with one another, and he got to present Christ to the Muslims that were there. And at the end of a period of time, they escorted him back to the border and said, you go. Preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, use words. That's our, that's our opportunity to go out because we've been given a very simple task. We're sent to reconcile people to God. We're God's ambassadors. By, by deed first, by actions and behaviors, but also by word. We go out and tell people about Christ. I love this. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And if you haven't noticed, that's what I'm doing here today. <laughs> Actually, that's what I always do. We all should bring people back to Christ because we've, we've been reconciled. Now, the last reason to seek personal and spiritual maturity, it defines our capacity to serve God and others. A phrase that stuck in my mind years ago, maturity defines I am or you the more capacity we have to serve God and others challenging huh challenging I have people coming in and often I get a chance to talk to people all over town and here and different places and they're talking about what they want to do for Christ the excitement of a vision maybe God put on them and and often I'll I'll come down to well, well what's God doing in your life now what are you learning on your Bible? Well, I don't have time to study the Bible. I'm waiting to go do this big thing. <laughs> That's a fool's errand, guys. Faithful with little. Learn God's word. Build a relationship with him. Then you've got enough maturity to be used. And as time goes by, never stop growing in spiritual maturity, knowledge, and relationship with Christ so that you become more effective. More effective as you go forward. You know, God gives all of us gifts and talents and abilities. Use them to serve one another with the strength and energy that God gives you. Work hard to present yourself to God to receive his approval. A good worker, you don't need to be ashamed. One who correctly explains the word of truth. Live the word of God, but be prepared to explain it and teach other people. That takes work. That takes preparation. You know, it's, it's really a simple deal. 
the more mature we are, the more knowledge we have of God in our life and, and his word and his plan, the more we can help other people. You see, that's, that's what people are looking for. They're looking for reality and a way to get there. Everyone wants to be mature. And that's really the goal, the, the application and how to grow up. Remember, it's, it's not a destination, it's a journey. We, we're on this journey to spiritual maturity in a relationship with Christ moment by moment, day by day as we go forward. Uh, it's a daily decision. We start by doing the obvious, laying our lives down for Christ. Maybe some here haven't made that decision because that's the start is we decide that we put our life aside so Christ can live in us. Out of love for the God that died for us, we give him control. We turn it over to him. If we want to be his follower, we have to choose his way, not our way. And this isn't something that he beats us into. He loves us into it. If we love him, this is exactly how we're going to act and behave. And if we do that, we know Christ Jesus is working through us. The Holy Spirit is in us. Choose. Choose to take off the old life, be renewed in the spirit of our minds, and put on the new self, which has been created in the likeness and the holiness of God as we go forward. Choose to adult. Choose. Choose. It is our choice. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for, for your message, for your hope, for your plan. For each of us, we, we want to honor you. We, we want to thank you for all that you've done. We want to thank you by becoming living sacrifices that you might work through us and in us, that we might be a testimony to this world of your love and your power. Open our hearts. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.